Bismillah. So alhamdulillah, this is our last session on the Burda of Imam al-Busiri, the, um, the poem of the cloak, or the poem of the mantle. And uh, we wear many mantles. And uh, the mantle that al-Busiri is wearing in here is the mantle of praising the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, this is a very blessed poem. It's the most, uh, as I said before, it's the most famous poem praising the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Muslim history. I think it's fair to say that. I could be wrong, but I think it's fair to say that. And uh, I had actually tried to teach this before. Some of the people on Zoom were in that session. Uh, I don't think, was anyone else in that? In, in uh, the masjid in LA, Omar bin Khattab? No, it was 2015. And uh, we only got through the first three chapters. Alhamdulillah, now we're here on the last chapters of this poem. So we want to, inshallah, finish today and make dua and seek Allah's aid through the blessing of this poem. Uh, <coughs> times when we finish, things like this are important. Of course, this is true with the Quran. Like when people would finish recitation of the Quran, I forget who it was, one of the Sahaba, when he would finish the recitation of the Quran, he would call his family. Before he reads the end of it, he would call the family, he would call the children, he would invite everyone and tell them, I'm about to finish the recitation. Why don't you come and witness the finishing of the recitation and so on. And, um, you know, it's a good, uh, it's, it's something that we saw from various teachers that, like when you finish a text is an important time and it's a big deal. Usually when you finish a text, you try to bring more senior people. So like obviously I'm a very junior person of learning. Uh, I don't think that's even fair. I'm, I'm a very junior student of knowledge and there are more senior people, but I couldn't think of any. Don't take that as a diss to anyone. It's not meant to be that. I just couldn't think of anyone that I would want to uh, invite for them to be part of this. Uh, that who would be able to do so considering the circumstances. So, you know, may Allah reward us for our intention and help us inshallah. Bismillah. قال المصنف رحمه الله تعالى ونفعنا الله وياه بعلومه في دارين أمين خرمته بمديح أستقيل به ذنوب عمر مضى في الشعر وانخضم By this eulogy I have served him seeking absolution for the sins of a life spent in poetry and patronage By this eulogy I have served him meaning the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم Seeking absolution for the sins of a life spent in poetry and patronage. So what is he getting at? He's saying, Mehmet Busiri, before he wrote this poem, was basically like a poet of courts. So, you know, he had government contracts, to use modern language. His, his lifeline was government contracts. And, uh, you know, he would praise a ruler so that the ruler would like him and the ruler would give him money. And he would just write like poetry that didn't really have much purpose. It's not, he's not trying to say that poetry is bad. Obviously, this is a poem. But he's saying that he spent his life in poetry that didn't have any purpose. It was just, you know, the greatest hits list. And now he's praising the Prophet and he's hoping that this action will be a means of absolving him of everything that came before. And something important about that is to remind ourselves always that every single day that we live, we have a chance to turn over a new leaf, so to speak. 
to turn a new leaf, to open a new book, to turn a new page, and to recognize that it doesn't matter, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but regardless of what we've done, there are opportunities to come back from that. And there are opportunities to turn back to Allah. And so we try to take them. And he's trying to do that with this poem. For these two have yoked me with consequences I fear, as if I were on their account a ritual lamb for slaughter. So he's saying basically these two things, I was into those things. People have things that maybe they were into before they got into trying to do things that are pleasing to the Prophet whatever it might be. People are into different things. So I'm worried that these things that I used to be into that weren't really that good, I feel like they've taken me by the neck and they're taking me to account. Right? I'm coming in front of God and I have these things that really I shouldn't have done, but you know I like them. And uh, it comes back to the question of why we do things and what we do. As we said many times before, uh, he has a commentary that says that poetry is not bad in and of itself. Right? It's not Muslim heritage, Muslim history is filled with poetry. From the time of the companions of the Prophet them up to today. To the point that, for example, like Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, he used to say uh, that you should teach your children chivalry and stuff like that by teaching them Lamiyatul Arab. That this is poem. That if you teach them that poem, then that will teach them these, these noble characters and qualities. So even in the time of Sayyidina Umar, in the time of the Prophet, of course, there were companions who wrote poetry praising the Prophet and, and, and defending him from the statements of other people and so on. So, poetry is not the issue. Can there be other forms of artistic expression that are an issue? There could be. But it depends on what it is. Like if you want to make really foul music. I'm not talking about regular music. I'm talking about really foul music. Like just nasty, disgusting stuff. And you're like, but I'm going to get a bunch of followers and then I'm going to like tell them about Prophet Muhammad. I don't know, maybe. In both, I obeyed the reckless folly of youth and gained nothing except sins and regret. So you're saying, look, I was young. Well, uh, and, and being young is, you know, there's, there's uh, insanity in it. There's junoon in it. And, you know, young people just do things that don't make sense. And I followed that, and now I ended up in this, in this situation. And all I have is my sins and my regrets. Uh, does that mean that all young people are silly or useless or whatever? No, it's not the point. But there is an element, there's like a wildness to youth. And when I think back to our college days, I can definitely remember those kind of things. Like, we used to just do things that probably wouldn't do anymore. Sometimes that's needed, to be honest. Like, sometimes a little bit of wildness is needed in certain situations. So it just depends on what it is. But he's saying, you know, I was caught up in this in my younger days, and now I'm getting older. Alas, what abject loss for a soul in its transaction. It did not buy the next world at the price of this or even try to. So he's saying like, I, what I did was not the right thing to do. And I had wasted time in that. 
And I didn't even try to like spend it in good. And you know, when is youth really good? Youth is really good when it's spent in good. Because you have like way more energy and you have way more ability and you have time and you have, it's like totally different world. It's a totally different world. Uh, it's like under COVID, we used to see young people complaining all the time. They'd be like, you don't have small children. If you don't have small children, you cannot complain under COVID. Like, yeah, you have to wear a mask, but it's pretty like, you're dealing with adults. <laughs> you ask them to stay three feet, five feet away from you, they'll stay five feet away from you. You put on a mask, they'll put on a mask. Like, it's not, it's not that much. It's when you have small kids that like, you're in an apartment 24 hours a day with, a small, with two small kids and like, you never get out and you start going crazy. You can't take them anywhere because they want to put on, they have to put on a mask and they're like, I'm not going to put this mask on. They're rebelling against, you know, they, they, they're, they're fighting for their freedoms. You can't take away my freedom and they pull their masks off. I mean, it's, um, it's crazy. But the point is to say that like, if someone is young and they want to spend their life in good, they can really do a lot of good. All right. That's why the Prophet them specifically praised young people who spend their life in good. And actually on the way over here, this is kind of, I don't know if it's embarrassing or funny or weird or what, but on the way over here, I was listening to the lectures I gave in Ramadan <laughs> on, the, on the lives of reciters of the Quran. Because I was like, I need to review this. I was listening to my own lecture. That's why I said it's a little bit weird, but I wanted to hear like, you know, about their lives. So I was listening to the one about Sheikh Mahmoud Ali Banna again. And I got to the part where he was saying that when he was like a little kid in school, he was a hafid and he was a little kid in school and he was really good at copying other reciters. So there was a scene that happened when, when I taught the class, I said this is that there was a scene where one time he was in the school and all his friends were sitting around him and they were telling him, do Sheikh so-and-so. And then he'd recite like that. And like, do Sheikh so-and-so and he'd recite like that. And the proctor of the director of the school was a really severe person. So all of his friends, all of a sudden he looked up and his friends were all gone. He's like, what's going on? He looked behind him, the guy was there. And he's like, oh no. He's like, no, you're doing a really good job. You should recite or whatever. But the point was that like, these were little kids sitting in school who were like, okay, recite like so-and-so. Recite like so-and-so. Because that was the world that they lived in. That was their environment, right? So you spend your life in good things from a young age. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, but even if we don't, we can still do good things. It's not like we don't need to have the, the pity party and the guilt tripping and all that. Anyone who sells the hereafter for the ephemeral will be cheated in their present and future transactions. So we're just saying, you know, this is a reminder. If you don't do, don't like give up everything that you that means something to you. In order to, to just get things in this life. There has to be a limit. Subhanallah, that is a beautiful line. We've read this chapter so many times, only right now, and I obviously prepared this, but like right now, this is a beautiful line. إن آتي ذنب فما عهدي بمنتقد من النبي ولا حبلي بمنصرمي. I have sinned. 
It's a good translation. I have sinned, yet my pledge to the prophet is unbroken, nor has the rope binding me to him been severed. Really, it's saying like, even though I make these mistakes and I have these sins, I'm still connected to the prophet. I'm not disconnected from him. And this is something that I think like, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and speculate as to converts in relation to other people. My experience with converts and myself is that when we make mistakes, it's not a question of like, maybe I should start at the other side. A lot of people who were like born and raised in Islam, Islam is very natural to them. It's very normal to them. Even if they make mistakes, even if they don't do anything they're supposed to do, they still feel like they're a Muslim, which is a good thing, actually. This is what it's supposed to be. Not, not doing stuff, but like feeling that way is actually our, that is our belief, it's our aqidah, that a Muslim doesn't leave Islam by committing sins. You're still a Muslim. Like, you know, the person could not pray, they drink, they have relationships, they do all these things. And you ask them like, are you Muslim? They're like, yeah, I'm a Muslim. What? <laughs> no, like, defend Islam. You're like, okay, alhamdulillah, that's great. That's actually, that's what it's supposed to be. My experience with a lot of converts is like, if they're not on their game, they feel like they're actually not Muslim. So you start having that doubt, like, maybe I'm not really a Muslim. Maybe I don't really have that thing, you know? She always brings me, like, one of the brothers I know, he used to say about uh, his wife, she passed away, Allah Yerhamah. He used to say about her, he's like, you know what? She's like one of those five pillar Muslims. He's a convert. He's like, he's like, she's like one of those five pillar Muslims in a praising way. He's like, she didn't need all the, like us, we need these theories and these ideas and this and that and the scholarly tradition and like so-and-so and quote this thing and quote that thing and whatever. And like, now you feel like you're a Muslim. She's like, she didn't have any of that. She was just cool. Like, yeah, I'm a Muslim. I pray my five prayers. I pray, I give my zakat. I fast in Ramadan and I'm a Muslim. Like, I keep it simple. Like, be that basic Muslim. There's a hashtag, one of the students who studied in Egypt, he has a hashtag, be that basic Muslim. Like, just keep it simple and be Muslim. And, like, what he's saying in this line is, whatever I do, my, 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 my lifeline to the Prophet them, it's intact. It doesn't change anything. I'm still a Muslim. I'm still with the Prophet them, And the Prophet them is still with me. You know, and, and I think that that's important also for us to remember. That when we say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa regardless of everything that we do, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is still with us. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is still cheering for us in a sense. Like the hadith where they say, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa told the people that my life is good for, you, good for you and my death is good for you. And they were surprised. And he's like, when you're alive, you come to me, you know, everything else. When you die, your deeds are shown to me. And if I find good, I praise Allah. And if I find bad, I ask for your forgiveness. Like the Prophet is still there. Like cheering his ummah on. There's so many evidences of that. That would make a good research. Anyone can do it. I'd love to read it. I have sinned yet pledged to my Prophet. That yet my pledge to my Prophet is unbroken. And the rope binding me to him is, un is not severed. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
فإن لي ذمة منه بتسميتي محمدا وهو أوفى الخلق بالذمم صلى الله عليه وسلم I have a protective covenant with him owing to my name Muhammad and he is the most loyal of mankind to covenants so Al-Busiri his name is Muhammad so he's saying look regardless of everything I did in the past I'm still connected to the Prophet because my name is Muhammad and I have a connection to Muhammad because that's my name so like he's not going to leave me because he's the one who whenever he has a covenant with anyone he doesn't break that so he's not going to leave me there's a beautiful like tradition in many of them some of the Muslim majority lands that they would name a lot of like their kids would all be Muhammad right probably some people have seen that in Pakistan and Afghanistan they do this in Egypt everyone's either Muhammad Ahmed or Mahmoud Ahmed Muhammad Mahmoud you go into a government office and you listen to the names being called it's like Ahmed Mahmoud all <laughs> so funny and people can think of their relatives probably it's like it's beautiful in, in, in Afghanistan, I've seen like with my with our family, there's so many Muhammad Permals in our family. I don't know how many, like all the mail gets mixed up. The things all get mixed up. If you don't, if people call, they're like, what's the middle initial? Because like we need, everyone goes by their middle name, right? But they're actually all Muhammad. And you see this in a lot of, a lot of places. It's a beautiful tradition. Of course, there's beautiful names for women as well. You can use Khadija, Fatima. Names from the family of the Prophet Many other Every name is beautiful Alhamdulillah So many beautiful names But he says I have this connection to the Prophet Because my name is Muhammad Right If in the hereafter He does not take me by the hand From pure grace What a terrible slip of the foot it's like nothing other than like if, if the only thing I actually care about And this is like the sentiment of so many righteous people Righteous people, scholarly people Not like, you know, people are like, well why is this you know? They weren't, they themselves weren't like Oh I did all these great things, that's what's going to help me in the hereafter They're like, whatever I did, I need to come to Allah And I need to come to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and if they show me grace, then I'm good. Not all my deeds. It's, there's no arrogance in this. This is really important. We have this kind of like phenomenon of phenomenon of religiosity as this arrogant, disgusting, lording over people phenomenon. It has nothing to do with the Prophet them. It has nothing to do with all of this stuff that you find in the tradition. The person who actually cares about Allah, actually cares about the Prophet them, doesn't see themselves as being better than other people. Okay. They, this not. Remember Sharani, he says the one of the important, uh, one of the most important things for the person who's trying to come closer to Allah is that they don't see themselves to be better than any Muslim. He's talking about a very specific group of people, right? Like people who they, they really want to be good. They cannot see themselves as being better than any person. And if they do, then they failed. 
that's actual religion. This is not like some modern millennial, you know, whatever fragile, whatever words that certain people use. Religion. This is like our religion. Okay. He says, why? Because every time you sit with the believers, we've said this before, part of why we come together, why we sit together, why that's so important, is that when the believers sit together, they ben our souls benefit from each other. There's a spiritual sustenance that goes between the people. But, he says, the spiritual sustenance is like water. It only flows downstream. So if you think that you're better than everyone else, nothing's ever coming to you. But if you think, like, I have all these shortcomings, it doesn't mean you hate yourself, just to be clear. This is not an issue of self-hate or self-deprecation, like, to a negative way. It's, it's that I don't think I'm better than other people. And if I don't, and if, and if I can do that, then the water will flow down. I'll benefit and I'll, it'll be good and so on and so forth. But if not, you're not going to get anything. No water is coming to you. And he's saying, and in the hereafter, if the Prophet them doesn't take my hand, then that's the worst, that's the worst loss of footing. Like I really slipped then, if the Prophet them doesn't come for me. Hashahu an yahrima al-raji makarimahu. It's so beautiful. Far be it for him to deprive one hopeful of his generous gifts or for a neighbor to turn back without being honored by him. I don't actually agree with this translation. Maulana, do you, do you, maybe you'll see where I'm coming with this. Al-Jar. What I'm feeling is that the, the jar, there's a, there's a wedge for this, just to be clear. Sidi Abdul Aziz Surak is a very good translator. MashaAllah, Allah preserve him. But, uh, sorry, let me translate it. Far be it for him to deprive one hopeful of his generous gifts, or for a neighbor to turn back without being honored by him. So, al-jar, al-jar is the neighbor. But it also has another meaning, right? Who's like the mustajir? The mustajir. Is there someone who's seeking protection, seeking safety from someone else? So the jar is not only the neighbor, the jar is the one who's, like in this case, he, you're coming to the Prophet them seeking his good character and seeking his protection. And the Prophet is not the one who would leave his neighbor or his jar, the one seeking his protection in a state that is dishonored. He وسلم, is going to take care of his, his neighbor or the one who's seeking him. Ever since I have focused my thoughts on his praises, I have found him the one most committed to my salvation. Ever since I have focused my thoughts on his praises, I have found him the one most committed to my salvation. Perhaps it's important to repeat here that these people had proper aqidah. Okay? They knew that Allah was Allah. They knew the Prophet was the Prophet and that he is not God. He's not saying that, I, uh, that he was the one most committed to my salvation. He's not saying that because... He believes that the Prophet has like some sort of independent power of salvation from God or something like that. That's not what this is at all. He knows that Allah gave the Prophet ﷺ a specific gift 
which is this ability to intercede for people on their behalf on the day of judgment. So he knows that they're, like that's part of what Allah gave the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, you know, this is, uh, there's no issue here. Even some of the early Muslim armies, when they would go into battle, they would say, Wa Muhammada, Wa Muhammada. They call the Prophet Sallallahu name as they're going to battle. After he died, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's not because they have some sort of issue with their belief. Billah. You know, we should have a little bit of husnadhan with a lot of people. وَلَنْ يَفُوتَ الْغِنَى مِنْهُ يَدًا تَرِبَتْ إِنَّ الْحَيَاءِ يُنْبِتُ الْأَزْهَارَ فِي الْأَكَمِ His wealth will not overlook a dusty, needy hand, for showers cause flowers to bloom on hilltops. So, what is he saying? He's saying that when I committed myself to the Prophet and praising the Prophet I found that everything in my life became facilitated. Everything that I wanted became easy. That all of the difficulties that I faced, they were open for me. And then he's saying that even though like, even, even though I am who I am, because he is who he is, then still, like he gives the image of there's a mountain, and on top of the mountain, still the flowers bloom on the top of the mountain, even though the water goes down. Like the water travels down, but the showers when they come, they fall on everything. So even on the top of the mountain, the flowers bloom. So even though I'm like in a hard to reach place, the grace of the Prophet ﷺ is so expansive that I will still benefit from him. I sought not the flowers of this world, which Zuhair picked for his praise of uh, Hedim. It's a reference to poetry. But, you know, he's saying that this is not what I want. I'm not, in this poem, I'm not seeking this world. I'm seeking the Prophet, which is different. So that's the end of chapter 9. Brings us to chapter 10, which is the final chapter of the Burda on intimate discourse and the petition of needs, calling upon the Prophet and calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with one's needs. Ya Akram al Khalqi Mali Men Aludu Bihi Siwaka in the Hulul in Hadith in Amami. O noblest of creation, whose protection can I seek but yours when the universal event comes to pass? Again, this is not a Aqidah issue. This is saying that when I stand in front of Allah on the day of judgment, what do I have other than you, O Rasulullah? You're what I have, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. وَلَنْ يَدِيقَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ جَاهُكَ بِي إِذَا الْكَرِيمُ تَجَلَّ بِسْمِ مُنْتَقِمِ O Emissary of Allah, your rank will not be diminished by me when the generous one appears named as the Avenger. So, when Allah, like the Day of Judgment happens, the Day of Judgment has judgment in it. Part of that is that Allah will be Al-Muntaqim, He will be the Avenger of those, the Avenger, <laughs> the Avenger, what a translation, yeah, the Avenger, of those who are oppressed. He will be the Avenger of those who are oppressed. And even still, the Prophet will be Kareem. And he will be Rahim. And in the, like, even still, the Prophet will be the source of mercy, will be the Prophet of mercy. And that will not change just because the situation has changed. And 
even in the bad situation and the Prophet ﷺ still has uh, the intercession inshallah in that case may we have it uh, this is one of the verses from the Burda that's uh, a source of uh, critique for some people and uh, it says for this world and its companion the next come from your bounty and part of what you know is knowledge of the tablet and pen what this is trying to say is that uh, I mean I don't want to get into this issue of the Muhammadan reality again and the light of the Prophet Muhammad and that whole debate it came up in the very beginning but the brief of it is that there are some scholars and people of knowledge who believe that the first thing that was created was the light of the Prophet Muhammad and from the light of the Prophet Muhammad comes everything else so like if you imagine there's Allah then there's the light of the Prophet and then all multiplicity comes out of that all of the different things so what he's trying to say here is when he says like from your generosity comes and and comes this life and the next and everything else is it's referring to that concept this is not actually an issue of like this is an issue that there's conversation on in the muslim tradition many of the scholars of spirituality and stuff they lean to this understanding but you don't have to is my point so i don't want to spend too much time on it uh, and then from your knowledge is the knowledge of the tablet and the pen some people are like but that's only allah who has that so what he's trying to say is that the Prophet ﷺ was given by Allah a certain knowledge of the unseen. He was given knowledge that nobody else had. He was shown things, ﷺ, that nobody else saw. And so some of that so some of that knowledge to the rest of us is knowledge that's only the knowledge of the tablet and the pen. But to the Prophet, ﷺ, it's part of his knowledge. Ya nafsi la taqnati min zallatan O soul, despair not over a fault that is immense. Enormities with divine forgiveness are like minor errors. So what is it saying? It's saying, take whatever you did, when you put it in front of the mercy of Allah, it's all nothing. Because the mercy of Allah is infinite. So you can take a huge thing, you take a small thing, you put it in front of the mercy of Allah, and it's all nothing. Uh, so don't despair Don't despair over whatever it is that you did Because uh, That's there He mentions the quote from the Hikam That we covered when we covered the Hikam That there's no minor sin When compared to his justice And there's no major sin when compared to his mercy Or his grace Subhanahu wa ta'ala That if we look from the angle of Allah's justice Everything is big If we look from the angle of Allah's mercy Everything is small So they say this is actually one of the ways to treat yourself. Some people, for example, they tend towards despair. So for them, they should focus on Allah's mercy and Allah's bounty and Allah's great, His, His gifts and so on and so forth. Some people, they lean towards just taking it way too easy. And they should focus on Allah's power and Allah's punishment and Allah's justice and His knowledge and so on and so forth. He makes a dua at the end of this section. He says, Oh Allah, make our sins the sins of those whom you love. 
and do not make our good deeds the good deeds of those with whom you are angered. Amen. لعل رحمة ربي حين يقسمها تأتي على حسب عصياني في القسم. He says, maybe, perchance, my Lord's mercy when He apportions it will be distributed in accordance with the measure of sins. He said, we know that the Prophet ﷺ taught us that Allah has a uh, hundred parts of mercy. One of those is every every mercy we see in this world is from one of those parts. The other ninety-nine are saved for the hereafter. So what he's saying in the poem is when when uh, when when it comes to the distribution of all of that mercy, maybe it will be distributed according to how many sins the person committed. So the people with more sins will get more mercy, and the people with less sins will get less mercy. So don't have despair. Ya Rabbi, waj'al rajai ghayra mun'akisin ladayka waj'al hisabi ghayra munkharimi. Oh my Lord, let not my hope in you be overturned, and do not take, make my account devoid of value. Amin. Amen. A very scary hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. He said, Do you know, he asked his companions, Do you know the bankrupt person who's the muflis? And they said, The bankrupt person is the one who doesn't have any money. They don't have any money, they don't have any property. And he said, ﷺ, The bankrupt person is the one who will arrive on the day of judgment with many good deeds. But they arrive on that day having struck this person or shed the blood of this person, or taken the wealth of this person. And so all of those people will take from, that per from, the, from their good deeds until their good deeds are all used up, at which point they will take from the sins of the other person. So what is the image, right? The person comes, they have a lot of good deeds. But they oppressed five people. All those five people come, they're like, this person oppressed me, and let me take your good deeds. They take their good deeds, they take their good deeds, they take their good deeds. So they don't have any good deeds left. But the, but the balance still has to be made. So they start taking the other person's bad deeds. Okay. This is why it's narrated from Hassan al-Basri radiallahu an, that one time a person, someone, he found out that a person was speaking ill of him. So he took him like a platter of food and he took it to the person and he gave it to him as a gift. And they were like, what are you doing? And he said, I found out that this person was giving me all of their good deeds, so I wanted to do something for them. <laughs> they're giving me all their good deeds, I want to do something for them. Like, they're hooking me up. They're saying all these things about me. You know? uh, I'm going to read the following. It says, a note of benefit. Fa'ida. If someone is burdened with owing many rights to others, he or she should say the following dua frequently. O oh Allah, I seek your forgiveness and repent unto you of the many wrongs I have committed against your servants. For any of your servants whom I have wronged, whether in their body or wealth or honor, which I am unable to redress, make them pleased with me by any means you will, however you will and whenever you will, and grant it to me, O Lord. What have you to do with punishing me when your mercy has encompassed everything? Nothing remains but for you to honor me with your mercy. Do not abase me with your punishment. Lord, it does not diminish you in the least if you treat me as I have asked, and you are the creator of all things. It's a beautiful dawn. He continues, Waltaf bi abdika inna lahu sabran be gentle with your servant in this life and the next, for his patience flees 
when he is visited by terrors. We're at the end. Be gentle with your servant. He says, like, I'm weak. When I face difficult things, they scare me. So, like, don't make me face the horrors of the hereafter, ya Allah. Like, I can't even handle the horror, difficult things in this life. Like, and I see them, I flee, I run away. So don't, don't make me see those things, ya Rabbi. وَأَذَنَ لِصُحْبِ صَلَاةٍ مِنْكَ دَائِمَةً عَلَى النَّبِيِّ بِمُنْهَلٍ وَمُنْسَجِمٍ That's a beautiful statement too. And may clouds of your blessings rain down constantly upon the Prophet, pouring down in abundance. And he's saying, may, may clouds of salat on the Prophet fill the skies and rain of salawat fall on the Prophet مَا رَنَّحَتْ عَذَابَاتٍ بَانِ رِيحُ for as long as the east wind stirs the branches of willows and camel drivers bring joy to their camels with melody as long as those things are happening as long as those things are happening then let that be salah on the prophet let that be salah on him i'm just going to read these lines three lines because this is the last line or three times because this is the last line and then we'll close inshallah. What then what at the end, he says, This marks the completion of this blessed commentary upon the most auspicious ode. We ask Allah Most High to bring benefit through it, just as He has brought benefit through the ode. And we ask Him to make it sincerely for His sake and to clothe it with the raiment of goodly acceptance. We ask Him to cause us to attain through it our greatest hope, for He most exalted is the generous, and hopes that are placed in the generous are never lost. This work was completed in the late afternoon on Saturday, the sixth day of Sha'ban, in the year 1203 after Hijrah, May 2nd, 1789, at the mausoleum of the famous saint and senior Gnostic, Sidi Abdullah al-Fakhar, located below the trench of Tatuan. Tatuan. Does Tatuan sound familiar to anyone? You remember from the first lesson? Why does it sound familiar? Star Wars, very good. Tatooine. May Allah benefit us with his blessings and bless us with his fragrant breezes and resurrect us with the rest of the awliya beneath the standard of the master of emissaries and leader of the God-fearing and seal of the prophets, our master and patron Muhammad. May Allah bless him and give him peace and ennoble him, honor, magnify, and exalt him. Amin. Amin. Alhamdulillah الذي بنعمته تتم الصالحات Alhamdulillah الذي بنعمته تتم الصالحات Alhamdulillah الذي بنعمته تتم الصالحات Alhamdulillah 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 by whose blessing any good deeds are accomplished inshallah we'll make dua 
as we make dua also think for yourself whatever it is that you want to make dua for and at some point I'll stop in the dua and uh, make those duas and inshallah then we'll conclude Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأهوال والآفات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على الدرجات وتبلغنا بها أقصى غايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الممات اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد تب القلوب ودوائها وعافية الأبدان والشفائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد الفاتح لما أغلق الخاتم لما سبق ناصر الحق بالحق والهادي إلى صراطك المستقيم وعلى آله وصحبه حق قدره ومقداره العظيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزلنا علم معاملا صالحا يا عالم السر منا لا تهتك الستر عنا وعافنا وعف عنا وكن لنا حيث كنا يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك اذقنا يا ربنا حلاوه الايمان واذق اولادنا حلاوه الايمان واذق احبائنا حلاوه الايمان واذق جيراننا حلاوه الايمان واذق اهالينا حلاوه الايمان اللهم حبب إلينا كل ما يحببنا إليك وكل من يقربنا إليك وكل عمل يقربنا إليك وحببنا إليهم وحبب إلينا كلهم يا الله يا أرحم الراحمين يا رب اقضي لنا حوائجنا ما ظهر منها وما بطن اقضي لنا حوائجنا ما ظهر منها وما بطن اقضي لنا حوائجنا ما ظهر منها وما بطن يا الله يا الله يا الله انصر اخواننا المستضعفين في كل مكان افتح عليهم يا فتاح ويا عليم كن مع المستضعفين يا الله كن مع المستضعفين يا رب انصرهم يا الله ايدهم يا الله خفف عنهم البلاء يا رب ايدهم بنصر من عندك يا الله من غير معرفة من عندهم يا الله وفقنا الى ما تحبه وترضى واجعلنا من عبيدك السعداء وأمتنا على كلمة حدا احفظ أولادنا وأهالينا وأحباءنا يا الله احفظنا من بين يدينا ومن خلفنا وعن شمالنا وعن يميننا كن معنا يا الله في كل ما نواجهه في هذه الحياة يا ربي نتوجه إليك ونسألك من فضلك إن نسألك فعلا خيرات وترك المنكرات وحب المساكين أسألك يا ربي فعلا خيرات وترك المنكرات وحب المساكين وبعثنا يا الله معهم يا رب وبعثنا معهم يا الله يا الله يا الله مع الأخفياء الأتقياء غير معروفين بين الناس معروفين في السماوات والأرض يا الله حببنا إلى من تحب وأظهر لنا في حياتنا من تحب وجعلهم بيننا ومعنا وحولنا ومؤيديننا بدعائهم وبمددهم يا الله يا أرحم الراحمين يا الله we turn to you and we ask you and we plead from you that you forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings we ask you Allah for knowledge that benefits us and the ability to act upon it 
We ask you, Allah, for that which is beloved to you, that you make beloved to us that which is beloved to you, and those who are beloved to you, and any action that is beloved to you, and that we make, be and that you make beloved to us those who are beloved to you, and make us beloved to those who are beloved to you. We ask you, Ya Allah, to be with us in all of our affairs, to protect our children and our families and our loved ones. We ask you, Allah, to allow us to taste the sweetness of Iman. Allow us to taste the sweetness of Iman. Allow our children to taste the sweetness of Iman. Allow our loved ones to taste the sweetness of Iman. Allow our neighbors to taste the sweetness of Iman. Allah, we ask that you protect us from in front of us and behind us, and on our right and on our left. That you be with us in everything that we face. That you be our army in the face of armies. That you be our support in the face of oppressors. That you make our feet firm in whatever it is that, you, that we face. And that you make our shoulders broad in whatever it is that we have to carry. We ask you, Allah, to make our hearts strong and to make our, harms, our hearts vast such that we can handle whatever it is that we are faced with and such that we can be, act wisely and with intelligence and in what we must act upon. We ask you, Ya Allah, to be with us in everything that we do and to guide us to those who are true to you and to make them part of our lives and to make clear to us who they are. We ask you, Allah, to protect us now and in the future to allow us to meet you and you are pleased with us. And we ask you, Ya Allah, to answer the du'as of everyone who will now uh, make du'a for what it is that they want to make du'a for. good that we're able to do and any good that we do is because of the seeds of those who came before us. We ask you Allah to forgive them and to put in their scales any good that we all, that all of us may do. Allahumma ameen. We ask you Allah to give us the ability to meet time and time again, the ability to worship you time and time again, the ability to study your religion time and time again. We ask you Allah to fill our hearts with devotion to fill our minds with in intelligence and to fill our bodies with strength and with obedience. Allahumma ameen. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Barakallahu feekum.